You're listening to the 414 Creative Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Curtis. On the show, we do a deep dive with entrepreneurs on all things business, faith, and how to build a lasting legacy. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today uh, on this podcast. I've got my really good friend, uh, David Willis here, um, and uh, we've known each other for what, since 2005, 2006? Yeah, yeah, probably 16 yeah. years, yeah. Um, he is a local pastor here um, in the Southeast Texas area and a really good friend of mine. He's an amazing artist, a musician, and creative. Uh, and I wanted to have him on uh, today to just share um, a lot of what he's you know, gone through, his journey, um, his creative journey, his pastoral journey, his worship journey, his his album building journey. Um, yeah. And uh, David, thank you so much for being our very first guest. So no Dude, pressure. No pressure. But you're going to set yeah, the tone. Clean slate. Yeah, you're going to yeah. set the tone for uh, every guest uh, beyond this point. So well, it only uh, gets better from here, I guess. <laughs> kind of... With that majestic beard you've got going on. Hey, man. hey, well, you know, you are my beard sink. You know, you're uh, you're the reason I grew a beard in the first place. I'm pretty back sure in, right? back in the day, whenever it was yeah. like down to here and it was full of uh, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I want to be like that guy. <laughs> oh, I appreciate I thought, that. I thought if I grew the beard, I would grow taller too. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. You, I am significantly taller than you. <laughs> but hey, you've got your, you've got your stuff. You get the hair. You've got hair. I don't have hair. Dude, I'm losing yeah. mine. Yeah. So you've got the cool hair. Um, yeah. So, um, so you're releasing an EP. Tell us a little bit about your EP. I'm just going to dive straight into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, I it, it came out on December 31st. Um, it's a it's a five song EP. One of the songs on there I released two weeks prior to that, just as kind of a teaser as a single. Um, it uh, culminates in basically seven total songs being released in 2021 um, since October. So I, I kind of hit the ground running around August, September to to do this. Um, Basically, this EP consists of several songs that are uh, songs that I sing a lot in my quiet time with the Lord. They're songs that I've written. Most of them I've written this past year, 2021, um, but some uh, few of them I'd, I'd written before, like uh, in 2020, or I think one was from 2018. Um, and these songs are just songs that I latch onto in secret place. They're songs I sing often to the Lord. And um, it was really cool to move them out of this space of just singing uh, in my quiet time with him to including some other musicians and, and getting a cellist in there and just sort of thinking through how do I want to present this to other people. Yeah. And ultimately with the goal of this, these songs, I believe will help people uh, sit in the secret place, listen, and just develop a closer relationship with the Lord. Cause that's, that's really what I'm after is, is to write songs, to develop music that really, encourages people to spend time with the lord in the secret place well wow, that's awesome um so i know nothing about music and, and i know i like music and i know that yeah. um i know when i hear good music and um tell me a little bit about the the process of sure. taking taking the songs from the heart to paper to um 
recording it to getting people in line. I mean, that's, I know it's a big process and there's a lot of details, but yeah. uh, tell me a little bit about that and what that looks like for you. What actually what it looks like, like for you. Yeah. So um, the way I've written songs has changed pretty dramatically over the years. Um, probably prior to 2020 and 2021, I've written maybe a couple songs a year, one or two, mm. a good year would be like three or something. Um, and in 2021, I counted the other day, I've written a total of 20 songs. Wow. Um, and a lot of that had to do with how I approached songwriting differently in 2021 than I'd ever had before. I, a lot of times when I am just worshiping in the secret place, I'm just pouring my heart out to the Lord. There will be like kind of phrases or, or, or melodies or hooks mm. that just sort of erupt out of me kind of like when spontaneous worship breaks yeah. out in a church like there's sometimes it's a it's a pre-written song and sometimes it's a brand new song that they're just singing off cuff and so you know um that's that's often where the songs prior to this year had come from where they're just hooks they're just just sort of eruptions out of my heart mm-hmm. and what what changed this year was uh this past year was I, I decided to take a more disciplined approach in stewarding those moments well. So yeah. when they happened in the quiet time with the Lord, when I erupted and said, Lord, you know, you know, for example, this song, um, uh, Never Walk Alone, it's, you know, whom have I in heaven but you? As I began to sing that out to him in my, in my quiet time, it became a prayer that I would go to over and over again. And then I would just sit in that place and keep writing, uh, yeah. keep writing. Like, how do I want to lead someone to this moment? How do I want to express what I'm feeling right now outside of just this, this phrase? And so what I would often do is stay in that place until the rest of the song came. Whereas before, you know, I would be more or less satisfied with, man, this was a great moment. This was a good thing. But I had felt pretty strongly towards the probably start of 2019, that the Lord was beginning to transition me into not only just singing songs of, from a spontaneous place and, and leading worship in a live place, but, but releasing songs and being resourced to people so that they can take those songs, bring them into the secret place, have their own encounter. And so a lot of my songs, they're written from a place of encounter. They're written from a place of experience. Um, you know, and, and I was just thinking about this earlier, that a lot of songs are written sort of formulaically for encounter. Like, it's like, hey, if we write this way, then then people will, you know, enter in in a certain way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Psalms were written from a place of encounter, a place of history, walking with the Lord. And mm-hmm. that's sort of my writing style, too, as well. It's, it's not uh, oftentimes very um, formulaic or predictable. There are a few predictable melody lines and things like that yeah. from a music standpoint. But a lot of it just comes from here's my history with the Lord. Here's what I've experienced and encountered with him. And I hope it helps you out. Kind of similar to a, a preacher would with his sermons, you know, oftentimes littered throughout someone's sermons is a, is a, is a personal story or an anecdote that sort of brings the, um, the kind of loftier topic into something that's more tangible. Yeah. And so in writing uh, songs, I've tried to do that a little bit uh, here and there. And, and again, it all comes back to that disciplined approach for me this past year shifting from a place of just being satisfied with the, the hook or the moment and the, and, and, the, and just sort of expressing that 
to now how do I continue to steward that well mm -hmm. and, and write more that, that would help support this as a song. And so that's been sort of a dramatic shift this year for me. And it's it resulted in kind of a, a more um, seamless um, type of writing uh, expression. Like I, I've been able to write more at, at a given time, like the day, like I wrote an entire song in one sitting wow. just before I would have taken probably about two weeks, three weeks, maybe even longer to come up with a second verse. You know, maybe the first verse came naturally, but the second verse would be mm -hmm. sort of elusive to me. And um, I think a lot of that uh, has just been like a discipline, uh, just yeah. staying in that place of creativity, staying in that place of intimacy with the Lord, asking the Holy Spirit. Honestly, like that just said, had not occurred to me before. Like just saying, <laughs> Lord, what do you want to say more than what I've already put to paper? Um, Which can be so, weird yeah. because you're asking, you're asking like, what do you want to say about yourself? Yeah. Like, yeah. What do you like, want to say about yourself and how do you want me to sing to you? How do you yeah. want me to, to, to express what I'm feeling? And so, um, and, and ultimately, you know, words will fail. They'll, they'll, they'll fall short and uh, they won't truly capture. And so there's a, there's a wrestling with that of like, and, you know, I'll live with some, some verbiage for a while. Like, uh, like a, the song I just wrote the other day, I'd written pretty much the entire song, but there was one or two lines that I was like, hmm. you know, just, I had processed for a couple of days and I wanted to say a certain thing, but it just hadn't come to me. So I was just living with it for, for a few days thinking about it. Um, and then finally it just kind of came to me. Like I just was sitting down in my living room and I was playing on my piano and I was just thinking like, what if I just did this? And just what if I expressed it this way and, and, it, and it came out and so I was like, that's it. That's what, that's what I want to do. And so just, just being open, uh, having that running dialogue with the Lord has really helped um, the creative process. Yeah. And then taking it from that place of, you know, writing it to a place of releasing it. That's been sort of, um, that's been a major difference in, in this past year too, as well. Um, you know, we were just talking kind of pre, uh, pre the interview and mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine, uh, recording artist, Rick Pino, uh, a guy that I, I've, I've known for many years, a guy that's mentored me, poured into me for many years. Um, you know, we, we had uh, met many, many years ago uh, and we had reconnected over the past uh, year, two years. And he invited me out um, back in June in July to spend some time with him and a couple of others and like a songwriting sort of retreat type of thing. And he, he began to detail out the process of how to go from here's your song that you've crafted and you've, you've stewarded well, and you've, you've kind of brought to a place where you, you think it's good enough to, to release to actually releasing it. So step-by-step, yeah. step, he, he gave me those, those tools and those instructions. And then when I, when I kind of, came down from that mountaintop, I was like, okay, now I have to start setting some goals. And so in July, I had written a couple songs and kind of after that moment, I said, okay, I think this is what I want to do. I want to release two singles and I want to release an EP. I'd like to do that by January. <laughs> and so, uh, and I had never really released a song before. I had I'd done one songwriting contest a few years ago and they had taken basically a rough recording that I had made in my house and they put it on a compilation album and I wasn't really happy with it. I was like, man, yeah. I really didn't want this to go anywhere. This was more of a, just to see if it would work type mm -hmm. of deal, proof of concept. And so this was my first actual 
curated release, crafted release, and uh, it came, came on the heels of someone really pouring into me and uh, me getting in the room with people who were experts in that field, from publishing to recording to, uh, he, he, you know, basically connecting with these people that, yeah. that did all the work, uh, did all the, that, that's their expertise. And so that, that kind of was the difference maker for me. And I took that moment of opportunity and I leveraged that for myself to, to actually go out and do what I felt the Lord calling me to do. And so that's sort of the difference maker this past year was written songs, enjoyed them in the secret place, maybe even enjoyed them in a live environment, but meeting up with Rick, encountering those people who this was their job, this was their expertise, taking that moment and using what I had just learned, using the momentum of the excitement of dreaming with the Lord and then running with it. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to say I achieved the goals that yeah. I set out back in July, releasing two singles and a full five song EP. So you think um, kind of like the catalyst for you was pulling people to your side and people who have gone down that journey before they've already experienced it. They they're basically, like you said, the expert. So there's power in bringing people um, into your circle that have already achieved the thing that you want to achieve. Yeah. And, and for me, it was, I had, I had already had a relationship with Rick. So, so that, um, that initial contact was a little bit easier. It was, yeah. he, he approached me versus me finding him, but the other way around works too. I mean, like there are so many, the, just the, the methodology for explaining and mentoring and, and giving away information and, and, and training and equipping is so different these days. I mean, you, you can, just by even probably listening to the podcast, like you'll probably find in your feed later on an advertisement about masterclass or something like that. Yeah, you know, exactly. there's so many of those things available to you. And yeah, they're costly. Like, you know, masterclass has a, has a cost associated to it. There are some courses that may be more expensive, but that just sort of kind of goes in line with, are you willing to kind of break that barrier of entry in order to approach the people yeah. who are doing something you want to do well and then dive into it, take what they have taught you and start putting it to action. One of the, one of the things that they said pretty commonly in this workshop and uh, this retreat was take imperfect action. And mm -hmm. that like became sort of the, the theme of the whole thing is like, Hey, I'm not an expert in songwriting or in releasing music yet. Uh, you know, I hope to be one day or whatever that even looks like or means, but I know one thing I am going to do consistently is take action so the songs that the lord has given me stewarding them well to bring out the best uh version of that song meeting up with experts like ted slaughter who is a, a mixing engineer here in town recording and, and, and kind of uh producing that and pulling out what what could be in this song you know uh, reaching out to musicians who are very, very talented, like a cello player that played for me, Emily Rogers on this, this past EP, uh, even uh, Luke Anderson, who played drums for me, who plays at Elevation Church. Um, and so reaching out to these guys, leaning on their level of expertise and creativity, but just, just getting that ball rolling, just yeah. having those conversations. And in the, in one of the barriers to entry, of course, is finance, you know, like people, people, mm -hmm. you know, they think, well, I don't have the finances or the money or the things to do this. So I begin to budget out in my monthly budget, recording costs, musician costs, uh, education costs. Like I, I took money aside that I would spend on, 
I don't know, Starbucks or, or something yeah, like that, right. you know, something kind of discretionary. And I would funnel that into a separate account that was just for how do I create music? And I'll be, you know, we can kind of touch on this in a little bit as far as like the favor of the Lord and that kind of stuff. But every dollar that I personally sacrificed and invested some way or another, the Lord has paid back to me through either donors or just people who, who felt like led to give me, you know, some money or even like opportunities for, for um, side projects and jobs that, paid more than I thought that they should have paid, you know, but, but they covered the bills. Like one particular day, like I had written a check for, or not check, but I'd paid somebody basically to, to, to play on one of my songs. And that same day got a check for uh, someone thing, you know, kind of the same amount to go ahead and start working on the next project and little things like that. The Lord has shown up and every dollar I've invested, every dollar that I've sacrificed towards these projects the Lord has met in some yeah. way or another, uh, and return that to me. So, yeah, I think, um, we, we kind of see that in our business too. Uh, when we invest in whether it be gear or education in our creative agency, um, we, it's like, we just, this client just shows up and yeah. covers, covers the, covers the cost and also more. Right. Um, yeah. and it's so interesting that whenever we, we kind of submit our, our talents to, to father, um, and go out and do the things that, you know, we feel like he's called us to do. There's always, um, what, what I would consider provision. Right. Um, and for you, um, I mean, you've, you've been in a musician for as long as I've known you and probably even Mm -hmm. before that. Um, and one thing that I want to kind of dive into is uh, what I call the power of timing because you've been a musician for a long time. You said you've written a lot of songs. Like, why do you think now is that time for you to actually start putting that stuff out into the, the proverbial airways, right? That's such a good question. And, and honestly, I don't, I don't fully understand the answer. Like, um, you know, I've, I've chewed on this in my own quiet time with the Lord and like, why now, you know, uh, I, I just turned 33, I'll be 34 in June. And you're young and, um, you know, I, I am, I, I do feel young. Um, <laughs> but you know, one of the things I will say is that in the creative landscape and especially in, in, in song artists and that kind of stuff with the rise of TikTok and even some of, uh, in the Christian circle, like a lot of the younger churches, the average age of people putting out music is, lower and lower yeah. and lower yeah. to the point where like 22 year olds, 23 year olds, that's when right. they're getting their start on a, on a very national stage. And so, uh, you know, I, I thought about, you know, I've been thinking throughout my, my, my journey with the Lord, like maybe my window had closed, like maybe my time yeah. for releasing music has sort of been, you know, and I, like I said, I don't feel, I don't feel old. Like I'm 33. Like this, I feel like I'm in the prime. I feel like I'm in, right. this is like, my, my favorite time of life, but like in so many ways kind of felt like that might've been kind of past my time, past my prime. Um, so yeah, I've been writing songs for so long. Um, I, when I started writing or when I started, um, when I started leading out more publicly, uh, back in, uh, 2005, six, kind of when we first met. Yeah. I remember there were, there were several moments I would be writing songs and, and they weren't great songs. Like they were, they were raw. They were expressions of, of my heart. To the you were Lord. in your twenties. <laughs> uh, 
Well, yeah, well, actually, you know, 18, 19, 20 oh, years yeah. old. Yeah, wow. that, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think when we first met, I was 18 uh, wow, so, or 17 so even. I was I was pretty young. I, I graduated high school at 17, so I was, I was a little younger than the rest of my class. And um, so the just just kind of that thought of, uh, man, I wanted to just express myself and, and, and sing my own songs when I would go lead places and stuff like that. And I really felt like that was what the Lord had called me to do. But there was there was a couple different times to no fault of their own, like the other people, like where I had gotten sort of feedback from different people like, hey, yeah, I wanted to dive into your that. Own songs yeah. like, uh, why don't you sing songs that we're already familiar with? Why don't you why don't you sing like popular songs and that kind of stuff? And um, and even to the point where like I was going to go record some stuff and put it out there, but then just kind of felt like that voice kind of came back that, you know, why don't you just sing popular songs? Like people don't want to hear your own songs. They want to hear, they um, want to, they want to latch on because as a worship leader, like I, I want to be sensitive to that. I want to be sensitive to being a good steward of that moment and saying, yeah, I want to lead people into worship. I don't want to distract them with, you know, I, I begin to rationalize this. And, you know, I think I held on to that for several years of, uh, you know, I would continue to write, continue to express, and, and in spontaneous moments, I would release certain phrases or, or, or hooks and things like that, and I would often get people come up to me, hey, where, what was that one song? And I was like, ah, it's one, it's one I've written in, in the quiet time with the Lord, and so there's, it's not really out there, and so, yeah. um, you know, that had happened periodically, and, you know, really, really what it boiled down to, and, and it took me a long time to kind of figure this out, was that there was a fear of man attached to that sort of justification of, you know, I'm not going to do this because I felt like um, I'm not going to sing my own songs in a live setting or, or lead worship in a live setting like that with my own songs, because I, I wanted people to engage and I wanted to be a good steward of the moment. And, and I began to rationalize that, but really at its core, there was a fear of man with people aren't going to accept it. People aren't going yeah. to like it. People aren't going to approve of it, even though there was a pretty strong calling on my life to do that. Like, I mean, just the people that I was hearing from, like in, in uh, teaching, like of songwriting and stuff like that, I would just, I would constantly consume that, constantly hear that. I would be connecting with guys like Rick and, and he was doing that. Like he was going out and singing a lot of other people's songs, like he was singing his own songs. So these were the people that I was connecting with, growing with, getting impacted by, but still like there was a fear that I couldn't release my own songs. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. put that out there because either a, it wasn't good enough or B, no one knew it. So, so, you know, when I'm in that moment of, of leading them, like they're going to be distracted or, you know, and so I began to rationalize that. And honestly, like probably it just hang, hung on way too long. Uh, I mean, you know, I've been, I've been in worship leadership for 15 years. And, and so the vast majority of that has been in that place of saying, I'm not going to sing my own songs. I'm not going to lead out my own songs. Uh, I'm not even going to release them because either A, they're not good enough or B, I don't want to be a distraction to people. Mm -hmm. um, and it, and again, it wasn't until probably 2019 where I just, I really, I kept feeling that burden from the Lord to do it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And I was like, yeah. fine, I'm going to do it. And then the pandemic hit and then, <laughs> you know, I work at a church and so everything, yeah. everything began to be focused around how do we, how do we navigate this? This is all brand yeah. new. Well, 
well, back in 2019, actually before that, we had flooding here in this area too as well. My in-laws flooded for a second time in three years. Like, so we were dealing with that. We were dealing with a lot of personal things too as well. And so that sort of derailed us plus the pandemic after the fact. And so it did become this sort of um, process of we were victims to circumstance. And Mm. at some point we just had to navigate through that and overcome that. Say we, but me, my wife, Haley, you know, just just the process of being, uh, of kind of figuring this stuff out. And so, yeah, right around the end of, I think everybody sort of, everybody had very cathartic moments in 2020, right? Like everybody, no, everybody found themselves like, <laughs> you know, everybody found themselves like screaming into pillows or, or just sort of like, you know, standing we, on the edge. Of- we had no time for that. We were way too busy, right? <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? Like people, yeah, people no, found themselves yeah. in, in very like, uh, you know, weird situations where they're like, what is life and, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. So I think everybody did. I, I went through a season of sort of um, processing out a lot of negative emotions in yeah. my own life, kind of like in the middle of 2020, I ended up actually going to counseling for, for an extended period of time, about six, seven, eight months. Uh, and with a guy who was a former uh, executive pastor at a church and understood ministry life, understood uh, that culture. And, um, and so I began to see him work, work through a lot of things. And out of that unraveling kind of a lot of negative emotions and, and processing that out, the fear of man just sort of became a lot of at the core of what I was basing my decision-making on and specifically in how I felt called into yeah. worship artistry and songwriting and as that began to get removed, like my, my heart began to sort of dream again with the Lord. Like, there, like I, I don't know how to explain it. Like I was, I was actually thinking about this yesterday. I was just, I was just spending time with the Lord and I was, I, I was driving and I just, I just, man, this is gonna sound super corny or whatever, but I was like, <laughs> man, it's so, it's so nice to be, like, see myself again. Like, right. Like it's yeah. so nice to see me again. Like mm-hmm. I, I hadn't seen myself in a long time and 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 that was like the lord's conversation with me it's like it's good to see you again like and Mm. i had been in relationship with the lord i've been walking with him like i've been walking in obedience i've been spending time with him and reading the word like all these stuff that are disciplines like i've been doing but like over the past like year and a half two years I, I uncovered just a lot of things that i had let build up for 10, 12 years, like of, of yeah. ministry, of dealing with people, of, of internalizing a lot of things. Uh, my personality type is do not bother other people. Like I will carry the load. I will be the, the stability. I will yeah. be the guy. Me too. And then <laughs> it just took its toll. And yeah. so after going through that counseling back in 2020, uh, towards the end of the year, um, I decided to do some, some like workshops, like kind of attend some workshops online because that was kind of the thing, right. You know, everybody was, was doing online workshops and yeah. that kind of stuff. So I attended one with Rick and it had been a while since we had connected. And, and so I had just sort of like kind of waved at him in the zoom call and, and, and we just, we reconnected in that moment. And then through, through a couple of different, so that was like October of 2020 through a couple of different like meetings after that, he came into town. Like we, we did a night of worship together. Um, we, um, we were doing, he did another ministry night at the church or ministry day at the church. Yeah. I was there and he has a song. Yeah. 
that he sung i'm sorry to interject here but yeah he has yeah. a song called i think it's called pioneer i don't know if it's his song mm-hmm. or if it's a song I've, I've never heard it before um yeah the the moment i heard it i, I broke um yeah you know i've had some i've had some prophetic words of of being a pioneer um over my life and it yeah it hit and it hit in a spot that i wasn't expecting and i was like yeah is, this, it, is it his song uh I, it's a very old song like it's it might be in the public domain at this okay point. like it's it's, yeah. it's like a probably a not and i've never heard the song since then yeah uh, and yeah i'm just now thinking about it because you you talked about that night that he was there mm-hmm. um and so um well yeah that it was like a, a little rabbit trail there but um oh and that that really impacted me too as well i remember him singing that and and that night just that whole time time span like probably from march of 2021 to like may he, he had come a couple times and we had we had interacted and he had led that night the lord began to really remind me of those prophetic words like yeah uh, you know, one of the funny, the funny thing about a lot of this stuff is that I would have people who would give me prophetic words about songwriting, about releasing music. And just in my cynicism, honestly, like in my cynicism, I would think I'm the worship guy. Like, of course you're going to tell yeah, me Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's like I, a given. I, yeah. It's easy. Yeah, I, can, like I that, can give you that word. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Like, you don't know my struggles. You don't know my life. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it would be like saying? somebody like, coming up to me and saying, you're going to take phenomenal pictures. Like, yeah. Just, like, yeah. yeah like, Hey, like you're going to be really good at uh, graphic design. Like, yeah. You're going to have a graphic design business. Thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Like I already, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Um, and so, but like the Lord began to remind me, especially like, yeah, when, when Rick was leading that song and, and just those, those types of moments. Um, and then when I got, when he called me, when he, when he called me to, to come out, um, I remember all of those moments, like almost simultaneously, yeah. every single prophetic word, every single conversation I had had with other people, every, every heart cry to the Lord of what do you want me to do? Uh, you know, with, with gifts and talents, how do you want me to, to process any of this? It just all came back. And, and in that moment, I just felt him say it was time. And not only was it time in the sense of like he was giving me an opportunity, but it was time as in I was in a place to actually process all of it well yeah. and then do what I needed to do. Um, would, would it have worked several years earlier? Maybe. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think I, I you know, I, I don't know. That's what I've been wrestling with is like, could I have been in this place earlier? I don't know. I, I really don't know. But I do know that his timing is sort of the best timing, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he knows. Um, when I was having conversations in 2019 about releasing music, I was not in a place where I could have. I was not in a place where I was disciplined enough to, to write well. I was not in a, in a mental place that was able to kind of emotionally endure the, the internal struggle to to know when something is is capable of being released um uh, you know not able to endure maybe a little bit of criticism with it i mean i've had people who are well-intentioned awesome people um just basically say oh you know you think you're chris thomas now or you think you're you know (laughs) whatever and and they just they're joking like they're they're just they're they're just having a but it, it hits in a yeah it hits and it hits in a way that if i had not been ready for it 
um, I would have not released another song. I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm not going to do it because I don't want to in- interact with that. But mm-hmm. but because because I had that, our pastor says at this like a quiet confidence clothed in humility because I've really adopted that philosophy of like, I know what the Lord's called me to do. And I know there are plenty of people who are better at it than I am. Like I'm, I'm fully aware of that, but he called me to do it. And I, I would be walking in disobedience if I chose not to do the things he's called me to do. So that's kind of where I'm at. And as far as timing goes, you know, that's sort of been the journey. It's like, Hey, I went through a lot of uncovering in 2020. Like I think a lot of people did, I I sought counseling process, a lot of anxiety and things of that nature. And, and out of that, I was able to receive and contain the blessing that came in 2021. And, and the funny thing about all of this, like just the way the Lord works, we found out we were pregnant in May of 2021, like pretty much like right around the time uh rick had called me about the the songwriters retreat wow like that was the time frame where we found out we were pregnant and and having our our third our third baby and we we had given up on having more kids like we had honestly thought that that was out of the cards for us it was out of the question like we had two uh seven i have a six and a seven year old and uh you know we have we'd been doing foster care and yeah. so thought that was sort of the the pathway for us moving forward and uh, nope, the Lord had another thing in mind. And it was just another layer of um, confirmation that he was working in our life. So uh, kind of shifting gears here a little bit, what, um, what would you say to somebody who, um, who feels like they need to get counseling, but they don't, wh- yeah. whether they don't know where to start, or um, they, they feel kind of like less than because they have to, you know, I've sure even contemplated like getting uh, some grief counseling, you know, you know, 2020 feels like for me, like it was this past year, because 2021 was, I wouldn't say it was a train wreck, but, um, you know, losing my mom uh, mid year, um, which is something that no, no one in my family expected. And, um, it was sudden, um, but drawn out. Right. Um, so what would you say to somebody who, who was like, like, man, I really feel like I need to go talk to somebody, but, um, either ashamed or, you know, especially for men, right. Men feel like, you know, we don't need to talk to anybody, but that is actually the one thing that we need to do. We need to have good conversations, you know, um, good conversations spark, inspiration motivation they they help us kind of like get the dirt out pull the roots up and expose and be vulnerable um so what would you say to somebody because you you've gone through counseling um i i haven't really gone through counseling in that in that sense um so dive into a little bit about you don't have to go too deep but just like what would you say somebody is like questioning like should i go um yeah yeah, so in, in my journey, a little could be a little different than other people's, but yeah. for me, uh, my personality type, like I mentioned, is very much uh, like I will take the the burdens of other people. I will be like I value internally being like correct, being right, yeah, um, and not being like I need to make sure I'm I'm right all the time, but like I am 
I am stable. I am right. You know, like I am ready to feel. So, so for me, it was almost an issue of pride. Like I had to kind of admit that I wasn't right. Like I had to admit that there were, there were parts of me. And, and it's like, you know, I, I have to say it like this, like there wasn't like this glaring sin issue. Like, I mean, I think so many people think like when it gets to the point of like, man, I'm, 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 I'm really struggling with these areas or this area or whatever, yeah. and it's manifesting in, in a sin issue or whatever, then it's like, oh, wow, I really need to get, take care of this. It wasn't at that point, but it was, it was manifesting in how I would have internal dialogue and internal conversation about people, about myself, about, you know, believing certain things and certain lies about other people and people didn't like me and, 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 you know, they're out to get me or, or, or everything's just going to suck forever. Like, you know, just sort of all these types of things that, you know, honestly, none of it ever threw a red flag, like none of it ever because like in my mind, I was always justifying constantly what was happening. And so for me, my wife is amazing. My wife is just beyond what I could have ever imagined as a helpmate, as a co-pilot. Um, we, we have just a phenomenal relationship. And I remember several times having conversations with her and then her kind of looking at me and going, are you okay? Like, and just, and seeing through her eyes, not that she didn't love me because she obviously did. She beyond, you know, loved me just so much, but that she saw something in me that was askewed. She saw something in me that was just not okay. And, you know, deep down inside, what I really wanted to do is like, I wanted to be a better father. I wanted to be a better husband. I wanted to be a better man. And not that, not that the counselors that I went to were just like, Oh, these guys are, are so, you know, awesome because that would be putting them on a pedestal that, right. they, you know, they were like, Hey, they don't put us on that pedestal. But, you know, I begin to look for who, who kind of knows what I might be going through. So for me, it was, I'm in, I'm in full-time ministry. I've been in full-time ministry for about five years now, five and a half now um, at, at this point. And um, there's a lot of different stressors and, uh, you know, kind of things that come in and out. What are you so talking who, about? Ministry like, is easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dealing with people and their problems <laughs> and their situations and, and all the things are, are easy and, and uh, <laughs> you know, um, but, but yeah, I mean, uh, so, so fortunately, Fortunately, I was, I was, uh, I had a friend of mine who told me about a guy who was up in Dallas and who had been, um, uh, we're not in Dallas, we're in Southeast Texas. So we're quite a bit of ways who, who'd been in ministry has a counseling, um, uh, degree basically has a counseling practice yeah. and, um, but had been at a, at a larger church and full-time ministry as an executive pastor. So pretty much I couldn't, couldn't have nailed it better as if right. unless he was like an actual worship pastor or something mm-hmm. like that. And I think he did have some musician background too as well. And so for me, it was like, okay, who's, who's similar in life. He was a little older than me. And we just began to talk and, and I just begin to say, this is what I'm noticing about my thought life. This is whenever I interact with certain people, like this comes up. Um, you know, this is what I'm frustrated about. This is what I'm not happy about. Like in my own life, how, how do I move forward? And 
yeah, we just begin to talk and I read a book called boundaries by Henry McLeod. And that really, really helped me, um, not only internally, uh, or externally set up those boundaries of like, okay, people aren't going to take this much time of, out of my day, or they're not going to demand yeah. certain things without, without going through the right channels and that kind of stuff. But also internally me setting boundaries of how I'm going to think about certain things, how I'm going to process certain things. And what I just begin to notice, it wasn't definitely wasn't overnight. Um, but I begin to notice grace enter into my thought life more and more not only grace for other people like when someone would you know do something crossways at me or assume that I was going to just do something for them or whatever yeah. and just feeling the grace of like that's their personality I, I just need to process that in my own lens but also a grace like internally of you know I, I am who I am and I am who I am in the Lord and I'm working on it. You know, I'm processing it, you know, uh, each day. And so I have a tendency to hold myself to very high internal standard. Uh, no one can ever judge me as much as I judge myself. <laughs> right. I, I wish everybody yeah. would talk about that because I do the same thing. Yeah. Right. I judge, I yeah. judge myself on, on how this lighting is right now. I'm judging myself sure. on like, sure. How well I'm asking questions and oh yeah, like it, it's just something I think I want to find somebody that doesn't do that <laughs> and figure yeah. out like what yeah. they're doing. Right. Yeah. And so I think for me, it was, it was setting up that boundary of, man, I don't, I don't have to have an opinion about everything. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I don't have to have um, a reaction to everything. Like, I mean, we were living in 2020, like we were living in some pretty crazy times and there was so much stuff happening on a very national and international level. And um, I remember so many people like seeing, seeing them react in ways from like, it doesn't matter if you react to that. Yeah. <laughs> like that is right. not changing based mm -hmm. off of your emotional reaction. Yeah. Save your emotion for some, and I was falling victim to that too as well. Mm -hmm. I think everybody was, but just that was like very a practical example of like, I don't have to react to everything. I don't have to have an emotional response to everything. Like I can, I can deal with things in a very non-emotional way. Like, and, but that was what was happening. Like, but prior to that, like everything was an emotional reaction. Everything was an emotional response. Everything mm -hmm everything was a hidden ulterior motive. Like everything was people don't like me or, or whatever. And fear of man was a big issue. Fear of man yeah. was a big deal. Like I, I needed the respect of other people. I needed the acceptance of other people. I needed the friendship or whatever of other people. And it's right. like, I really didn't like, I had the Holy spirit. Like I have the Lord and, and I have my wife and I have my kids. Like I have my family. Like I I'm good. Like I I'm satisfied in my life just doing what I feel the Lord called me to do. But it, it was a process. It was a process of just, you know, so, so what would I say to someone who is maybe thinking or someone maybe you told them that they need counseling or whatever, and they're just not doing it. I, the, the bottom line is I've seen people get stuck in, it's like that U2 song. It's so cliche stuck in a moment, right? Like you're just stuck in a moment. You can't yeah. get out of it, whatever. But I've seen people get stuck. I've seen people who are literally, you know, they're stuck in this one month. It could be there you know, for decades. In this. Yeah. And, and I, and I didn't want to do that. Like, yeah, you know, and there wasn't like a traumatic event. It was, it was a, it was a sequence of smaller events. And so I know the tendency is when there is one traumatic event, it, it does, it does, it is a little harder to get out of that. Um, but for mm -hmm. me, it was, a, it was, it was several years, a decade 
of even uh, just smaller things that had happened that built framework in my mind that I wasn't good enough or I needed this or I needed that and I needed that. And I just realized like what the Lord was calling me to do was so much bigger than my own emotions and my own self that wow. it, I needed help. I needed someone else to look at me and say, here's how you can get from this point in the same way that I needed someone to help me understand how to release music in the same way I need someone to help me understand how to do lighting for a video or whatever. Like, I don't know how to do that until I go watch how to do it on YouTube or whatever. I needed someone to help me process heavy emotions that I had never processed truly before. And I had never really, um, healed in a, in an appropriate way. Um, and in the same way that you would consult your doctor because you have high cholesterol or whatever, like, or you would consult a fitness trainer because you want to lose 10 pounds yeah. because you're you know, overweight or whatever, like all of those things, like we, we have such a tendency to just believe experts until it comes to our own emotional health and our own mental health. Then it's, I am the, I am the gatekeeper. I am the expert about my own emotion, my own personality, my own self. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's true, but I would probably argue it's probably not like, you know, we yeah. need someone to, to take a look inside of our brain and go, uh, the, what you just said just now, let's talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. I think sometimes, yeah, I think sometimes what happens is we get so, um, locked in to, um, we, we build up over time, this, this internal conversation and we, we lock ourselves into, Oh, this is just how things are. This is, this is just how it is, you know? Um, and having someone else take a look at that and be like, listen, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. It doesn't, you don't have to think that way. You can actually think this way. And for me, 2021 was my 2020, you know, 2020 for us was pretty standard. Um, we had a few things that were, that were thrown off, but we, we navigated that pretty well because it wasn't this massive traumatic shift. Uh, but 2021 was, um, and it was almost kind of like a blind side. Um, but what it did is it opened, you know, losing my mom, strangely enough, opened up, um, something in me to, take a deep dive into some of the things that I was, I was dealing with personally that I didn't know that I was dealing with. And it, it caused this, uh, this time of like self-reflection of just kind of like, why do you do that? Like, why do you, Mm. why are you doing this? And, and then seeing back, you know, what it's led to, you know, living on like operating a certain way and what it's created are some of the things that I don't want in life. And then it's like, okay, well then I need to ask for help on how do I, how do I change my mindset? Right. And the, my thought processes and the things I do internally that, you know, eventually affect my external that eventually give me the things that I want in life. And um, I think one of the biggest things is, um, is like, pushing past that like that fear of just asking for help and just saying hey i need some help right um there's been just a few i mean less than what's on my hand times that i've asked for help now i've sought out like in the creative world i've sought out you know sure you know how do i do x y and z like 
this podcast, for instance, I, I don't know. How, I mean, I do know how to do a podcast, but I don't know how to do a podcast. I don't know. Like, I know yeah. general how to, but like the nitty gritty, like the details, you know, all of those things. I had to go learn how to do that. And I'm still learning. But when it comes to our mental, like you said, mental, emotional and spiritual health, um, we we kind of shy away from asking for help. Right. Um, yeah. And um, I think you're you kind of hit the nail on the head about pride. You know, we think we can just we can just handle ourselves. And for men, it's like, yeah. I'm just going to go back to work. I'm just going to go sure. back to yeah, throw X, Y and Z. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's man, that's really good. Um, so um, well, then, can I can I build on that yeah, for just a second? For sure. You know, I, I think, you know, you had mentioned earlier, like just the thought that some people have of like, oh, I'm I'm less than because I needed that help. Mm. Um, and that that's an extension of pride. Um, but it's also that lie of the enemy, because I look yeah. back in the Garden of Eden. God says man should not be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. And here Adam is has every need met, has every mm. opportunity to interact with the Lord. And the Lord says this, it, he's still missing something. He's missing his counterpart. He's missing other mankind. He, he, he needs, it's not good for mankind to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. We need each other. And counseling is an expression of that in a sense of like, it is somebody else who can look at me and help me and grow me. And it doesn't mean that I'm less than, and in fact, very much so it just acknowledges where I'm at currently. Like, like, uh, it's like, if you, if your car has a, a problem with the engine, taking it to a mechanic and him diagnosing it does not yeah. mean that your car is now less than it's like, it had the problem before you brought it into the mechanic, right? Like it didn't yeah. it just, it, it just illuminated the truth about what was actually going on. And that's sort of the point, right? It's like, yeah, counseling just illuminates what's already there. Like there's really, it's not, doesn't, doesn't devalue you. And in fact, it actually increases your value over time because you are now becoming a better version of yourself. You're actually mm -hmm. growing. And, and I think that's sort of the ultimate thing that I was after not only just with counseling, but just in my walk with the Lord, it's like, he's given me so much. He's been so good. He's allowed me to walk in his footsteps that I need to give everything back to him. And I need to right. give it my, my, my best shot. You know, uh, I need to steward it well. And so if that mm -hmm. means I'm going to counseling, if that means I am, you know, learning more about how to grow in my gifts, if that means that I'm taking care of my house and my kids in a certain way, it's all interconnected because here, ultimately, it's how am I stewarding this life that I'm given mm -hmm. well. And that's sort of where I've hung my hat lately is just how can I steward this moment well? How can I steward what he's given me well and emotionally, physically, financially, all the ways? How can I do that? Wow, that's so good. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share with a friend and be sure to subscribe on your favorite streaming app. You can find us at 414creative.com and on Instagram at 414creativestudios. Thank you for being here. It was an honor to spend this time with you. I hope you were inspired. Now go out and create your legacy.